Hi and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. So this podcast is all about inspiring you, motivating you, pushing you on to achieve more in your life, whether that's in business, property, your health and fitness, your personal life, every part of your life. This podcast hopefully will help you achieve more, do more and get to where you want to be. So just before the episode starts, I have just launched a new website called terryblackburnproperty.com. On there, I've got all of the services that I offer. So one-to-one coaching in business, property, time management, goal setting, sales, persuasion, loads of different things on there. I've got some online courses, some one-to-one coaching courses as well. So please have a look on there. Really appreciate your support. And if you want to get involved and you want some more specific help from me, you want some more one-to-one coaching and, and assistance from me to help you to get to where you want to be, it's all on there also got a couple of books on amazon and audible the be a lion which has won multiple awards worldwide now and the power of peas is the new one all about the different p words profit power perspective purpose etc i hope you'll really enjoy one last thing from me if you enjoy these podcasts and you benefit from them you learn from them all i ask is that you share it with your friends and family or someone who you think the episode is relevant to you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would massively help. The more shares we get, the bigger guests I can get on the podcast, the more people we can help and the more I can grow the show. So thank you so much. Get in touch if you like what you're listening to and don't just take notes, take action. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the More Than Just Property podcast. And I'm here today with Terry Blackburn. So Terry, welcome to the podcast and thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I appreciate your time as well. And uh, looking forward to the episode. Excellent. Thank you. So I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and just very inspired by what you're doing on a daily basis, by the content you put out. And I really wanted to talk to you and get you on this podcast to really see and explore um, where things go for you and what your day looks like and what your world looks like and how you get on your business and how you got to where you are. So can you just start and like tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, um, how long have you got? What, what do I do? So um, I do quite a lot of different things. If you haven't already sort of realised that from the inst- from my Instagram, I've got 11 companies currently. There's, there's another couple opening soon. Yeah. Um, okay. Look, there's property based, but there is there's complete different industries. So, for example, an insurance and mortgage brokers, financial services. There's property. There's buy to let HMOs, Airbnbs, hotels, bar, restaurant, coffee shop, glamping site, construction company, letting agency, uh, podcast <laughs> books. Um, so, 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 yeah, everything do... you can think of. <laughs> well yeah um certain things that I definitely wouldn't get into but you know I have I have I do do a lot of different things um and that's not through intention I don't think right I'm going to set up loads of different companies and loads of different industries yeah. I do get opportunities quite often um I am good at building teams I'm good at setting things up and then systemizing and then leveraging myself out because obviously I mean last year June last year, there was about 160 odd staff across everything. Wow. Um, now it's down to about 40. Um, because okay. I sold the business. Yeah. Um, I exited. So, so, so yeah, I, I do have a really hard, um, life. You know, there's no two ways about it. It's hard, man. You know, entrepreneurship isn't easy, and it's not all <laughs> rosy like people make it. Sound. It is definitely, definitely not. But I do love it. There's days when I don't, but majority of the time I do love it. Um, so I do yeah. to answer your question, what do I do? I do loads of different things. A lot also alongside I've got four kids and uh, I train most days. I keep myself fit and healthy, as well as being a good partner to my Mrs. Louise. Um and being a good friend as well to, to my mates. So um yeah, I'm pr- pretty pretty full on, pretty busy. Yeah, it sounds it. So Obviously, I'm guessing life hasn't always been this busy and you haven't always had 11 businesses. So where did it really start for you? What was the kind of moment you decided to go off and what were you doing when you decided to go and set up your first business? Mm. So, so terrible at school. I was horrific at school. I was the chav. I was the naughty kid taking drugs, you know, getting up to no good, very close to going down the wrong path with crime and all that type stuff. 
Um, and, and when I finished school at age 16, 16 to 19, I was a builder. So yeah. I hated it. Absolutely terrible. Live for the weekend. Get my get my wages on a Friday. Spend it by Saturday morning. That that was the life that I lived. And then I got into sales. I got made redundant, and I got into sales when I was nineteen. Okay. And this was self-employed sales, commission only. So it was like if you didn't sell, you didn't get paid. Yeah. So it's pretty much like you're running your own business anyway. That because you're in control. If you don't do anything, you don't get paid. So that was when I was 19. Then I set up my first business when I was 24. Um, okay. So I worked for two American companies from age 19 to 24, both selling life insurance. And to answer your question, why did I set up my own business and what was it like? It was, it, I got to a point where, I mean, I had, fifth, I had a team of 50 people when I was 23. Okay. So, you know, anyone who, who manages that many people, you know how difficult it is. Yeah. You know, I was yeah, I was miles tough. younger than anybody else in my yeah. year at the time. Nobody else had a team that size, certainly that I was aware of at that age. Um, so yeah, I was basically running my own business under someone's someone else's brand, someone else's umbrella. So it wasn't yeah. like right. I've always wanted to set up a business. I'm going to do it. It was like when I'm doing it anyway, and I'm it's really successful, and I'm I'm making somebody else and another company a shit ton of money. I might as well do it myself and make myself more money. Yeah. But there was also that I was I often felt like I was held back. Although I was self-employed and you could do what you wanted to a degree, I felt like I was held back a little bit by the restrictions of this company. And I thought when I do it myself, I'm in control. I can do it how I want it to be done. So that was kind of why I done it. Um I didn't know I knew it would do well because I'm really, I'm confident in my ability, but I didn't know how well. Um, we grew that business to 120-ish uh, sales advisors and the biggest nice. life insurance broker in the country wow. uh, last year, which, which, which I exited. So, um, so yeah, it was a great business. And so, that, so that you made... literally kept that business until last year? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, literally from just exited that one? Yeah, 24 to 33. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. It was my baby. Um, and that, to be fair... That, that made me all the money for everything that I've done over the years because it was a high high income business financial services yeah. it, it did really well um and I invested along the way in properties yeah. and then that the properties kind of spiraled a few years back um but yeah that that's how it all started man um very grateful I, I got that sales job back in the day yeah absolutely it sounds like it so up until you exited last year, were you still working in that full time alongside everything else you were doing? Or had you sort of been winding down? Or how did that kind of play out when you were looking to get out of it? Yeah, yeah, I was still in it. For, I wouldn't say full time, but um, because I was still running all the other companies at the same time. Yeah. I still uh, pretty much everything that I do now was ongoing at the same time. I don't quite know when I look back how, how I was managing to do all of that, but um, that was before the youngest child came along, and I, I, have, yeah. I've not, I haven't slept, I haven't slept for a year. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. That, that was before that, yes. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was still working it full time. Loved it. Um, I was still, you know, one thing I am really good at, or I think I'm really good at, is is delegating and building teams and then leveraging myself out, giving people responsibility to to grow yeah. and flourish in, in the in their role because you, you know you can't directly manage 120 people. It's impossible. No, no. So you, yeah. you need liaison management and you need people under those who, and they manage 10 people each or 20 people each. And then you need a good support system around you. I've got a PA, I've got an ops manager, I've got an in-house accountant. Like you've got to be like that if you want to really get to scale and have a decent sized organization, you have to have th those people around you. And, yeah. And that's why I say not full time because they were full time. I wasn't full time in that business, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Loved it. Um, great experience. Very challenging at times. Um, I definitely wouldn't do a business of that size again. I don't think. <laughs> not interested in doing another one that big. Nah, nah. Not um, but yeah, yeah, that, that all happened last year. Excellent. No, it's really interesting. So obviously, I'm kind of in the same boat. And I have a non property related business that's quite well cash flow and that has helped me build my portfolio. And I think it's really important to have that kind of base and that foundation and 
you can't have everything in property and especially not at the start because you need money to come from somewhere so when did you sort of buy your first property and what was it did you go down the traditional buy to let route or or how did you get into it yeah yeah funny story on this so um so i i think i was around about 21 so when i got into sales at 19 to give you an idea you know I was making 80 grand a year after after I paid my taxes, um, self-employed at age 19. So you can imagine yeah. what an age 19 year old does with that type of money. Yeah, so yeah, can, yeah. There's five there. Lamborghinis, there's holidays <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, getting up to no good. So um, but 19 to probably 20, 21, I was just spunking the money, thinking I was the big shot. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but age 21, I started to think, right, I need, I should really do something with this money. Um, I had no property education. I hadn't read any books. I hadn't spoke to anybody else that done property. I just thought property is a good idea. I like watching homes under the hammer. So maybe it was from that. I, I don't know. But the first three purchases that I made, one was 14 grand was my first one. This is, this is a house, a two bed house for 14 grand. Second, 14. One 14, grand, 14 grand. So this was when I was 21-ish. So this must have been 12, 13 years ago. Um, so 12, 13 years ago. So we're talking 2010. So it's just post-2008. So house prices are low. And you're up Newcastle way, aren't you? So house prices traditionally are a little bit lower in that part of the country. <laughs> yeah. But they're definitely not all 14 grand. But this was a no. place called e- Easington Colliery. Right. Um, first, one, first one was 14 grand. Second one was 16. Third one was 17 and a half. So I bought, I went for my strategy at the time because I was uneducated. I didn't know what I was doing. I yeah. just had money. I thought I better do something with it. Uh, I just looked for the cheapest properties I could possibly find. Um, <laughs> and put DSS tenants in them. I was self-managing them. Uh, it was yeah. crazy. But at, at the time, the the councils, the government, wherever the money comes from, used to pay the DSS rent straight to you as the landlord. Yes. Obviously, they don't yeah. do that anymore. It's got to go to them for the first X amount of weeks or however it works now. I don't touch DSS tenants anymore, and I definitely no. don't recommend <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. But yeah, my strategy was I bought these three. I was getting, I remember I was getting 385 per month per property. So, yeah. you know, it was over, it was over a grand. Obviously, I had no debt on them. It was there were cash purchases because yeah. there was such a low value. Um, but I'll always remember this. I was on a uh, well, there's two stories dead quick on 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 them. So the first thing that happened was the the seventeen grand purchase. I went to auction uh, to bid on another property. I got outbid. Ended up buying this property blind. So you know, come on, it's a bit crazy <laughs> buying blind. All it was in the auction catalog was an external photo. Yeah. Um. So that normally tells you it's bad inside. Yeah. So I've got the keys. Twenty eight days later, and I remember it was a U shape. This street, right? And I remember driving down one side and then bearing around to go to the other side. And every single property, both sides of the U, were, were boarded up. Wow! And then I got I got around the U bend and up the other side, and the only one that wasn't boarded up was mine. Wow! And I was like, "What have I done? Like, what have I done?" There was a burnt out car in the street. There was gypsies, <laughs> gypsies in the street. With caravans, honestly, it was. And I opened the door, and I just remember the smell. The smell was so bad. I had to put like my coat up above yeah. my nose. It was literally animal shit. I don't know what was in there. It was just all wow. over the place. Cake, like you're talking above skirt and board stuff on the floor, horrific. And then I walked into the kitchen. And there was like patio doors, and no, honestly, this is not a joke. I looked at the patio doors. And there was a horse tied to the fence, right? And this wasn't this wasn't a back garden that you can get out of. It, it was cordoned up. There was houses either side. So I don't know how the horse got in there. No, nice. there was a yeah. horse. Uh, it was a scabby <laughs> horse at that. The one that wasn't very didn't look very well. And yeah. I was like, "What have I done? Like, what have I done here?" <laughs> and, just, and then I had builders refused to work in there and all sorts. But then, literally, a, a couple of months later, I was on the treadmill. I get a police call. Someone's been stabbed in another property, one of these other low-value <laughs> ones, an attempted murder scene. And that was the point where I said, right, I need to stop buying these type of properties now. I need yeah. to maybe reload my strategy. But um, So I sold all those three, probably break, broke even, and then changed my strategy. So that was my, my first experience in property, but it didn't put us off. 
Well, no, I mean, there's a lot to be learned from there. Um, and I'm with you. I ended up with a set of DSS tenants at one point, but you're right. The council were paying us as landlords directly. And yeah, yeah. my my tenant actually left without telling me or the council. And it was only about six months later when we went to inspect the property, somebody realized it was empty. They hadn't been there and the council has still been paying. So I was like, this is brilliant. Like, really? <laughs> they trashed it, it and yeah. we had to do a load of work. <laughs> but I was like, and as you say, as soon as the council started paying the tenants, it was like, nope, not taking them anymore because you'll never see the money. Yeah, so, exactly. It's unfortunate. So you sold those three properties. Obviously, you've taken that money. What was your? What did you then do? Did you go and get training? Did you go and just do some more research? What did you do for the property side? So yes, I've never really had any property education, as as they as it's known as today. I mean, I had a mentor for a little bit, you know, um, learned a little bit, but not not a huge amount. Um, but yeah, at that point, again, I still hadn't read any books. Uh, at that point I started to get into self-development in terms of sales because I was still doing the sales jobs I was still building big teams and and, earning decent money so I started to listen to self uh, listen to self-development stuff and and learn about sales which then transpired to getting into learning about property but I'd never done anything like that YouTube wasn't even big I certainly can't remember it YouTube and all of that it wasn't really big back then I can't all it ever been nothing like it is uh, now instagram and yeah. all of that um but the strategy i just thought at the time right well i need to buy nicer properties in nicer areas so then yeah. i started to buy between sort of generally between sort of 70 and 100 grand at that time so those, those are probably worth 120 150 or something like that now um yeah. houses kept it at houses i've got a few flats but i just kept it at houses um wasn't doing BRR or nothing like that at this point. Yeah. It was just buy, park the money, you know, park 25%, get some rent in, and then save in my sales job for the next one and buy. And for yeah. two or three years, maybe even four years, I only bought one property a year after that. Yeah. Um, And then it started to ramp up after. But, but yeah, that's what i done. I just went for nicer buy-to-lets. Yeah. So you've got better quality of tenant, nicer property, nicer area. So you get that longevity with the tenant. You don't have as many kind of rent issues. Are you still self-managing them at this point as well? Um, did I self-manage? I think, I think maybe it's the first one. I, in fact, no, I think I, I think I passed them straight on to Patterson's, I think. Yeah, I think I passed yeah. them straight on because I was pissed off with the type of tenants, but I was also pissed off with getting phone calls on the treadmill about bull about bullshit yeah. um so i, I think I, I can't actually remember i'm pretty sure if i either passed them straight on or there was a period where i'd done it myself and then i passed them straight on but it wasn't yeah. long um until i passed them on i remember that okay interesting so you mentioned in there you started looking at your own self-development and i know from your instagram post and that you're very much into that these days so where did that start and what sort of journey have you been on with your self-development for you personally? Yeah, I mean, w- one thing that I, I will say is I am one. Ooh. Where have you gone? No, still there. I can hear you. You're all right. Sorry, it just went off my screen. <laughs> there. Uh, sorry, cut, the, cut that bit out. Um, but yeah, so, so one thing I will say is I am 100 million percent obsessed with self-development. Honestly. 100% it is part of my identity um every single day born on Saturdays and Sundays doesn't matter I'll, I'll either be reading and nearly every I can't actually remember a day when I haven't put either a podcast or an audio book on because I'm either listening to them in the car yeah or when I'm in the shower or when I'm at the gym or when I'm walking when I'm doing I, I just listen and I absorb and absorb constantly and this has been I was doing this before it was cool. Like it's cool yeah. now, isn't it? To be an entrepreneur and it's cool to do all of this type stuff. But I was doing this when I was 21. And I remember the first ever one was Brian Tracy. Yeah. Old school. He looks about a thousand years old now. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. He's still actually kicking around, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think he was like, either trained by Jim Rohn or round at the same time as Jim yeah. Rohn. Because a lot a lot of the guys now were trained by Jim Rohn, like Tony Robbins yeah. and all them were trained by them. So I remember just listening to Brian Tracy. And I think I came across him on YouTube first or, or somewhere. But I remember buying these CDs 
Yeah. Um, however I came across them, maybe they're just on the internet or something. I remember buying these CDs and listening to them in the car. And I honestly, rem- I remember thinking at the time, I don't want to tell anybody about this because I've, I thought I'd uncovered something like right. magical <laughs> that nobody else, because nobody talked about self-development, honestly. And I was right. in business, I was in, in sales. Not, I've never heard anybody mention this to me ever. And yeah. probably for a good two or three years, I thought like, I need to not tell anybody about this like magic thing that I found out because he was teaching us things just on, on, on a CD and I was implementing them and they were working. Yeah. And I was 22, 23 years old and I was, I was doing, I was breaking UK records, selling life insurance that nobody had ever done before. People yeah. had been in the industry 25 years. I was whooping them in sales. And I was like, part of this is because I'm listening to this Brian Tracy guy. So I can't tell anyone yeah, yeah. else about this Brian Tracy guy. <laughs> and honestly, since so you, you are talking 12 to 13 years, I've been obsessed and I have, I haven't not listened to something every day. So you can imagine how much I've developed is a, is a yeah. person, a businessman, as a salesman, as a property investor, because I absorb that much. Um, so yeah, I love everything about, it. and I don't think I'll ever. I'm still as enthusiastic now about self development as I was back then. So yeah. and I don't think I'll ever stop, and I don't want it to ever stop because because why would I? I'm learning new skills all the time. All the time. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We're more video content now. We're starting to release online courses and everything but all of those are a new skill that i've learned yeah from self-development that i'm implementing and everything that i do so when i set up glamping when i set up the restaurant when i set up the hotels i learn about them first i don't just jump into these businesses i learn about them and then do them as long as the numbers stack and the profitable businesses i learn about them and i think i can do it then then i do it um so yeah no, it's 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 really interesting. I guess what's the the biggest uh, piece of advice you can remember hearing from something you've listened to or read over those self development years? What's the biggest thing that's had an influence on you that you've implemented or gone away and researched more? Um, I don't think there's been any huge ones that jump. I mean, I, I honestly believe I learned something most days. Sorry, I'm on a podcast. Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, it was me, um, <laughs> me son leaving. Sorry, uh, no, yeah, sorry. Um, two interruptions now. I do apologize. Um, no, no, don't be silly. So, um, yeah, so in terms of lessons, I think there's been loads and loads of lessons, um, along the way, loads of mini ones. And I, I do believe that I learn something pretty much every week. Um, yeah. the, the only one that springs to mind when you said that is the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book which yep. so many people have experienced when you read there's something about the way he positions it and phrases it. Yeah. It just went in me. I remember thinking, Oh my God, like, because I think up until that point, and it is still true to a degree, but up until that point, I believed the harder I worked, the more money I would make and the more progress yeah. I would make. And yes, that is true. But what I didn't think about was, so you put your money to work and you make your money work hard for you as well as you working hard. Yeah. And then when you've got enough money working hard for you, you don't have to work as hard. Because I maybe thought prior to reading that, that I would have to work this hard and run at this pace forever. Yeah. That was like, that's like your way out. That's the way out. That's how you actually take the step back. And I just yeah. know, I think, what? And then I consumed all of his content. So cash flow quadrant is the other yeah. one up there. The guys who invest in there's um there's these ones about secrets of the world or something. There's he's done quite a yeah. few that aren't that. I look around and they're all on the shelf as well. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um so so there was definitely that one. And then there was things like I remember consuming Grant Cardone's content and thinking, like, wow, the 10x thing. I like I love that. Just thinking ten times bigger than you what you're currently thinking, and in whatever your goals are now, times them by ten, and yeah. the only thing that's going to stop you is you, and all of that. Like I loved all of that. Brian Tracy just is just a, a G. He's the OG of yeah. self development, um, and like I've, like the big lessons I suppose that I've learned not through content but through experiences is managing people is that is the hardest bit, yeah, about any business. 
um in my in my opinion um people are very difficult to manage um certainly when you, you're building and scaling um because they have this, different aspirations different personality types um you know different goals you know the taking information and, and i can i can speak to somebody like this i can speak yeah. to five people the same way i'm speaking now and probably four of them will take them take whatever i say in completely different ways yeah so yeah so there's, there's that side of it is 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 challenging um the importance of marketing and sales i've learned i'm a salesperson but like that is so so important in every business yeah um so yeah i could go on and on and on but um to answer your question the main one was rich dad poor dad but i believe you should be learning every day every week yeah we should all be learning yes yeah, continuous journey all the time just keep moving forward one step at a time so 100%. with all of that have you do you now have like a daily routine do you have sort of non-negotiable elements to your day that you will always go and do no matter what obviously it's just saying you had a baby a year ago so that changes your life and changes your schedule and stuff but is there is there kind of a daily routine you've got worked out that you stick to um and what would that look like for you mm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was certainly a lot more strict on it prior to having uh, my fourth child, uh, which was last year. Um, so prior to the baby, I was very much a five a.m. guy, and I'd done that from probably like age twenty to like age thirty-three. Yeah, uh, and I'm big on that. So in the morning, it would be exercising. It would then be, you know, my my. Other habits kind of developed with time. So writing goals down, journaling, reading, listening to podcasts, walking. It changes up a little bit in terms of the stage that you're at. There's always been an element from for probably a good 10 years of something to do with goals. Yeah. Whether that was writing them down, whether that was looking at a vision board, whether that was um, doing my affirmations, saying affirmations out loud. I went through a phase of doing that, which definitely worked. But I, I believe that if you summarize those points is you need to do something for your body and something for your mind before you start work. Right. Yeah. And and if you do that, I believe certainly fitness, like yeah. this kind of exercise kind of sorts your your mind anyway. Um yeah. but but I truly believe like if you're not keeping yourself fit, you can't you can't get to a certain level. There's there's a shell there's a there's a ceiling. If you're not fit because you're not a good leader, you don't certainly for me anyway. I'm not a good leader, I'm not a good business owner, I'm not a good salesperson, I'm not a good partner, I'm not a good dad. If I don't exercise, yeah, if I don't feel good and feel healthy and feel light on my feet and feel quick and feel energetic, honestly, after three or four days, I'm a nightmare. Yeah. I I, yeah. I can't not train for three or four days, I feel terrible. And yeah. like probably the most common question I get asked is how do I do everything that I do all at the same time? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's because Similar. because I'm fit and healthy and I train all the time and I yeah. eat well and I've got good healthy habits. And, you know, I still, you know, I still have a drink. Like when I'm out with me misses, out with my mates, I do. Like I even have the other cigarette, right? Yeah. When I'm out with my mates, but train all the time and that hasn't affected me i can still run i can still do cardio i'm still yeah. fit like but i do what i don't do is i don't eat shit i don't eat mcdonald's and all that crap i'll have the odd takeaway but like if you put if you put cooking oil right in a diesel car it's not going to work it's not going to run yeah. is it so yeah. it's your body the fuel you put in your body is is just as important don't put shit fuel in your body and expect it that you to run properly um yeah. So, so a habit for anybody listening, I believe, and the good thing is it's very low cost or it's even free, is getting yourself fit. Yeah. And that, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, buying loads of fancy food and, you know, having a diet plan because that's expensive and it's quite hard to do. It can be as simple as running on the morning, walking on yeah. the morning, getting some dumbbells and doing them in your garage or in your, your bedroom or whatever, um, or going to a gym for 30, 40 quid a month. And getting yourself in there three to four times a week, yeah, and and embracing that that's not just for the summer. That's not just to lose weight. It's forever, every day, forever, every single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Um, yeah. and I, I don't know what, why more people don't do it. I, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know why these people see them online. They're like, 
diet starts tomorrow, you know, um, it's January, uh, you know, I'm going to get me else yeah, in yeah. the gym. I'm like, why haven't you been in the gym for the past 20 years? What's yeah. wrong with you? Um, I, yeah. I just don't get it. I don't get it. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I was 41 a couple of weeks ago and I'm the same. So I probably neglected it longer than I should have done. And especially when I worked and lived in London, I'd go to the gym maybe once, twice a week, but you know, I'd go and do a spin session. I might do one weight session a week, but kind of socializing got in the way back then. But the last couple of years, and I mean, my businesses have grown as well. I haven't got 11 limited companies. I've got about eight. Um, but, so I'm catching up. Lot, yeah. But you lot, know, yeah. the last two and a half years, since since lockdown completely finished, I've gone to CrossFit six days a week, religiously. And I go at six o'clock in the morning and I'm there. And it, it it's literally got to a point, you know, I get up, I have a cup of coffee, I walk, I sort the dogs out, go to the gym, come back, then I'll take the dog straight out for a walk. And I'm still at my desk at half seven, which is before 90% of the population have even had their first cup of coffee. And it's like, you're already channing out work and getting on with it. So if I like lunchtime, I'm kind of like, sort of done. Like most of the stuff's done for the yeah. day and everybody else is still like warming up. But it's one of the biggest things people ask me. It's like, how do you keep all those plates spinning? How do you keep going? And it's like, well, I get up and go to the gym every morning. And without that, I wouldn't be able to do it. I genuinely wouldn't be able to do it. And you just, you, like you say, just how many more times do you have to tell people, stop eating crap and go and exercise? It's basic science, right? It doesn't cost you anything. Huh. And yet you'd have so much of a better life if you just did those two things. One million, honestly, I'm 100% with you. It's it's so true with that. Um, and like sometimes, I remember like doing the same thing, going to the gym early and then getting to work before everybody else. And then they come in and they need like, two coffees to warm up and like they need five sales calls before they actually get in the rhythm. And before you know, it's 11 o'clock yeah. and the clock watching yeah. till 12. And I'm like, I've been there since half seven. And then I used to come into the morning meetings. I used to have a morning meeting at nine o'clock and they're like, Terry, why have you got so much energy? Why are you always like this, Terry? Why are you yeah. always so good at like this? I'm like, well, why wouldn't I be? There's yeah. a difference between me and them. And there's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and they're doing what they're doing. Because I'm full of energy all the time. And the reason I'm full of energy is because I've been to the gym already. I've got them endorphins rushing through my body. I feel great. Like, but then you perform better in every part of your life if you feel great. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the thing is, the annoying thing actually is people know this information, right? It's not a lack of knowledge. It's people's issue. Like people know this information to be true. It's not yeah. a lack of knowledge. It's a, it's a lack of desire and, and and sort of hunger to do it. And, and yeah. it's lazy that they just don't want to do it. It's a lack of action, isn't it? And, yeah. So uh, talking about that, what, what, what gets you up every day to keep going? So obviously you built this amazing big business. You sold it a year ago. You've got other businesses, which I totally appreciate what you've built along the side. But what still gets you out of bed in the morning every day and keeps you full of all that energy? Um, someone asked us this the other day and there's, there's not like one thing and I, I think what motivated me has changed a lot so there was times at the start of property it was like I want 10 properties you know to get 3 grand a month that's what everyone seems to want right at the start it's 10 yeah. properties and then you get a 10 to send 20 and then when you get a 20 to send 50 and then when you get a 50 it's whatever and yeah. I've just kept going and going and going Um. But what I do have is I do have goals in every part of my life. So I have a fitness goal. I have a yeah. goal with my partner. I have a goal as a dad. I have a goal as in each company. And I have yeah. income goals, property goals, and business goals. So certain goals will motivate me more than others on certain periods in my life. Certain days right. even, you're more focused on the business yeah. than you're on the property or you're more focused on your, your health and fitness or whatever. So... One thing I've always done for as long as I can remember is is have goals in each part of my life, not yeah. just business. Because I do think if, let's say if you've got a business goal, you're highly motivated to do it. But become days where you, your motivation is reduced because you can't be bothered yeah. or something's went wrong. But because I believe that, well, this is my own belief, whether it's true or not, it's a different thing. My belief is because I've got all these different goals, right, if I'm, if I, if the business one isn't really motivating me on a particular day, one of the others will be. So every yeah. day I'm, I'm motivated to do something. Half the time it's motivated to make progress on them all. But yeah. sometimes <clears throat> no one's superhuman and, and, and everyone has those days where you can't be bothered. You know, yeah, those, for sure. 
those cold Tuesday mornings, you know, where it's raining. Just want to grab a duvet, stay in bed. Exactly, exactly. But those days, they'll be one of my goals that is more pre- prevalent in my head. Yeah. And I know I can't let myself off. Um, and, and I do, I have noticed this about myself is, like, the times when I perform at my best is generally when there's something relatively new going on. So right. that's maybe why I've diversified in all these different property strategies and different business strategies and industries. There's the new thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like, I don't start one thing and then jump to the next. Yeah. Like willy nilly. I'll get, I'll get whatever business I'm doing leverage. I'll get it profitable. Plug the team in. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll plug the team in and make sure that it's, that it's clicking. And then I generally yeah. dip in out of that once or twice a week in, in a meeting and before I move on to the next one. Yeah. But I do perform at my best one. There's some that's why I'm really enjoying the content stuff I'm doing at the moment. Things like this. Yeah. Because it's every podcast you do is different. And yeah. Personally, me is different. And, and content could yeah, can be really creative. Yeah. And it's ongoing. So um so yeah, if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, getting there. <laughs> So you're talking about your goals and you said you've got a goal for everything. So I'm going to ask you two questions. So one, what's your current fitness goal then? So it, it's, I suppose it's not that specific. It, goals should be more specific than this. But what I set myself in January was I will be in the best shape of my life I've ever been in, in body and mind. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty much there now. Yeah. Um, the abs of um, the abs have never looked like this. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've always had abs, but like, but yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty in good nick at the minute. Um, so yeah, so so that was my goal. It was just to to look the best aesthetically that I've ever looked in my body and feel is yeah. the best about felt in my mind. I wouldn't say my my mind's the best it's ever been. Pretty pretty on it. My mind. I'm doing a lot of work, um, meditation, reading, self development as yeah. always. But certainly my body, like, um, I, I don't know what my body fat is, but it's pretty low at the minute. Um, Getting lower all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, my, that's my fitness goal, yeah. And the second part to that question then, so now we've talked about your fitness one, you can ignore that. Across all your businesses where you said you've got a goal for everything, what are your top three goals then? If you had to pick the top three out of all everything you're doing, what would be your top three? Um... Top three in importance, that's importance to me. And, you know, they're all important. And each business has its own goals that are specific to that business. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I can't say that one business is more important than the other because that's that's kind of not. But I suppose the the generic ones um, are I want to make over 100 grand purely from online. So that is um, purely from courses. <clears throat> okay and coaching yeah um just because i've never made that much in a year just from online i quite like yeah. the phrase internet money you know you yeah. see all these people online where they're doing drop shipping and all this mad stuff i don't get all that i must admit but yeah. like they're making some big if if it's true what they're saying of course that's a separate point but these people on internet on the internet they're making mad dosh and i think a lot of them they're not very skilled they're not very no don't think no. the business people i'm thinking i want a slice of this so i set that goal I only set that goal probably three months ago, maybe. No, I think it was financially, yeah. So I think it was April time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, so that that's one that's quite important to me at the moment. So we've got two courses launching in the next month or so, a sales one and a finance one. Um, so we're going to really ramp that up um, alongside the coaching. So that's really important yeah. to me. Um, in terms of importance, I mean, I set I set one goal that all staff members will be happy, fulfilled, and content, as well as yep. flourishing. So that's <laughs> that's quite a challenging goal. As I was going to say, even like you've reduced your staff count and you've only got 40, you've got 40 very different personalities to try and keep happy there. Yeah, and, 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 and I don't think, the thing is you can't quantify that goal. But the reason I set it like that was because that's a, that's a hard one to... Yeah. chase but what that does is though when i look at that every morning like i do i'll write it down every morning that makes me if i've got a staff meeting it makes me 
think and act different in that staff meeting. Whereas yeah. if I didn't have that goal on the cold Tuesday morning and I get a shitty phone call, such and such is leaving or such and such has had an argument, such and such has done this or that, I might act differently. So I do yeah. have these, like when I was younger in my career, earlier on in my career, the goals were more specific. It was like, make this much money, turn over this much money, make this much profit. Like, they were more like that. But then as I've developed, I, I kind of have these overarching, quite broad goals. that are yeah. more like mantras, I suppose, aren't they? They're more of a mantra than yeah. a goal because it's something that I want to be like or do or conduct myself in a certain way or have. Like, that's kind of what it, what it, it just make it works for me because it makes me act better or act yeah. in a certain way on that particular day. Um, my other one that's really important to me, um, always is be a good dad and partner. Yeah. And that's that's really important to me because someone said this to me years ago. They said, like, so Terry, if you sold your businesses now for like a billion quid, and I was like, right, sold them for a billion. He said, what would you do with the money? And like you've got all the same answers. Most people is like buy the mansion, yeah. buy the cars, go on holiday, yeah. buy everything I want. And he was like, then what? Yeah. I was like, invest this much, invest. And he was like, then what? And I was like, well, I'd, I'd probably spend time with my my kids and, and my family. He's like, so you might as well do that now. And I was like, fuck. Um. So yes, I make I like we we'll have date night every week. So we're going out tonight. Yeah. I've, I've actually got the afternoon off tonight. We're going to Liverpool. Me and nice. the missus. Um, so I try and do as much as I can for the kids and my family because money's money's great, success is great, but that's that is what really matters is family. And, and I'm definitely not saying it matters more than success because I think I, I think success is hugely important. Yeah, it's hugely important to me. So is money. I'm not one of them yeah. people that says it's not important. It's massively important to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got this life. I've got to fund it somehow. 100%, 100%. Um, and and I, I love making money. But um, what I do think is people get this wrong. They put money and success so high in their values and priorities that, that they neglect the partner and they yeah. neglect being a parent. They neglect friends and they neglect the health as well. They just sacrifice everything in the pursuit of money and success. Yeah. And, and I, I did that. I must admit, I did that for a period. But as you grow, you realize that that's not, you know, you can be a little bit better balanced. You can still keep fit and healthy and have a good relationship, be a good parent and chase success and money. It's not like one or the other. No. You know, you can't have it. You can't have it all. You can't have it both. Yeah, yeah for sure. That, that's kind of how my goals are set out. Um, stuff for me, stuff for success and stuff for my, my family and kids. They're the most important to me. No, it's brilliant. It's re it's really inspirational to hear um in that order as well. But yeah, I mean, as you say, I agree with you. The fitness, the family stuff, before anything else, has to come higher at the priority list. So across all the businesses, do you have like um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Do you have like an overall turnover and profit goal? So collectively, do you drive them to make a certain amount, or do you focus on each one individually? So it's generally a profit target for each business yeah. because at the end of the day, like turnover doesn't really mean anything, let's be honest. No. Um, so what I've got is I've got an in-house accountant, I've got an ops manager and a PA. They generally are involved in all of the P&L meetings that we do. I mean, the hotel barn restaurant, by the way, we do P&Ls weekly. Right. Wow. It, it's, that, it's that challenging. Um, honestly, it's a very hospitality is a challenging gig. Yeah, it really is, and your margins are squeezed massively. So, and where's we those do... hotels and bars located in Newcastle? So, just outside. So, um, the biggest hotel that I've got is in Barnard Castle, and that's got a barn yeah. restaurant within the hotel, and that's the one where we do the PLs weekly because um, it is so tough. The margins are squeezed so tightly. Um, right. Staff costs more, ingredients stuff more, uh, costs more. Utilities yeah. obviously cost more in a big hotel. Yeah, They're not cheap. So we've got to keep a real tight, a uh, close eye on on the numbers. And yeah. I do that with my accountant, my ops manager, and my PA every week. And then yeah. the rest of the businesses we do P and Ls monthly. Yeah. Um, the property businesses, you know, 
pretty, as you know, they're, they're pretty basic on it's just, you know, rent, rent roll, yeah. maintenance, mortgages, then, you know, the, the rest profit generally. So, um, so yeah, but, but to answer your question, it's all about profit at the end of the day. Um, and I bring my team, my senior team, like those key members in on all the props so they know everything about my profit yeah. on all the pieces because, you know, you can't not tell, you know, I wouldn't tell certain staff like, yeah, waitresses in the in the bar or restaurant, no. for example, because they don't need to to know that. But yeah, I think you've got to bring people in on on profit conversations. Yeah, um, as long as you trust them and and you've got to focus on it. You know, it's a numbers game. Yeah, and it's it's certainly interesting as you say because you're you've got such diverse businesses there, as you say, you've got a property portfolio that literally is renting mortgages out and there's your profit. And it's very easy on the first of the month when all the rents have come in and the mortgages have gone yeah. out to see what's left for the month. So it's a very, it's a much more sort of structured and basic conversation. As you say, the hospitality stuff where you're literally day in, day out, your costs are changing depending on how many people walk through the door, how many people are staying, how many staff you need to cover a Saturday night via Tuesday night. And that, yeah, that is, it's not something I'd really thought about having to sit down and really focus on it that intensely to make sure it's still ticking those profit margins every week. I mean, that's that's quite a lot of effort to make sure it's on target all the time. And does that does that hotel make a profit? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I bought that last July, so July yeah. 22, and we're, it was in a mess. So I refurbed the whole place. It's 17 bedrooms. Wow. All restaurant, coffee shop, games room, uh, and there's two houses on site uh, a big courtyard and something about half an acre at the back so mm. I refurb all of it I haven't done anything with the land yet but we'll refurb the rooms the restaurant the snug and everything in the two houses so we've got that yeah. refurb done in January this year and we'll reopen the bar restaurant and the rooms um, and you know the first few months it didn't it didn't and I was thinking yeah but g- restaurants in January it was probably the worst time to open right the yeah. rooms on, on the road, in the road right, really profitable. Yeah. Um, and I'd done a big BRR on the on the deal. So, um, yeah, I, I won't say the numbers, but I, I'll tell you them privately. But, it, but you know, it, okay. it's intercepted as a, on the BRR. So, um, yeah. it's a decent size. Um, so, yeah, so the reason, well, yeah, I think you just, in hospitality, you have, well, in my opinion, in my experience, which is quite li- quite small actually in hospitality, peanut, yeah. weekly payouts are essential because yeah. you're right, changes that much and staff are zero hour contracts, so they're in and out, and then ingredients scope. If there's an event, yeah. the seasonality, you know, we're doing loads of different themed nights, we're doing, you know, pool nights, darts nights, we're doing networking nights, we're doing loads of stuff at this hotel to drive yeah. people in. Um, so that just means it, fluctu- it fluctuates so much. And if I left it, until like the tenth of the month to do the previous month, there can be six weeks to identify if something's yeah. even going on. Like you need to have a. But what it also does is my staff know that we're doing it weekly, so like yeah. they know I don't miss a fucking trick. I do not miss a trick. Yeah, um, it, it focuses them helpful. as well. Hundred yeah. percent, and they know what it's about, and then they make conscious decisions to make better decisions in alignment with making profits so they won't over order on stock or they won't yeah. you know they'll try and reduce wastage on ingredients and they'll try and you know if they've done a, if they've done sunday lunch if there's chicken left over or meat left over they'll do a special on the monday and reuse yeah. the same stuff you know what i mean and all of these things were new to me in january it's the first barn restaurant yeah. i've ever run and then we've we've definitely turned it around that's for sure Probably the past three months, it's made a profit every week. And, it, you know, you're talking a couple of grand. But prior to that, it was losing money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But it's a learning curve. Um, yeah. 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 No, it certainly sounds interesting. It's certainly exciting. Something I don't think I'd ever get into myself. But, yeah, it's certainly uh, up there. Um, let's talk about... I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy another bar or restaurant, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, done it. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> done it once not doing it again yeah definitely. um let's talk a little bit about property portfolio if that's all right so you, obviously you started off we and we were talking about sort of buying the houses and everything what size is your portfolio at now from units or value or however you put a kind of measure around it so there's buy to let's hmos airbnbs rural and city center there's 
four hotels, um, small hotels, by the way, they're not, you know, yeah. um, generally from the smallest ones, there's a, well, there's a nine bed, a 10 bed, and a, a 12 bed, and then the 17 bed. Yeah. Massive. Um, the glamping site, bar, restaurant, coffee shop, because I own the properties on those, is about 14-ish. Yeah. Um, 14 mil. So it's something that, but to be quite honest, I don't really look at the, that, that'll probably be different because we did works to a lot of them recently. So it'll probably yeah. be a little bit higher. Um, I sold off 11 properties last year. I'm probably going to sell three this year. Yeah. Just because they're not stacking because of rates. Um, yeah. the, the sales last year was nothing to do with rates, but the three sales this year, maybe even four actually, for the buyer to let's just on, on new rates when the deal's coming to an end, they're making no profit. So yeah. what, is, what is the point? So I'll probably sell yeah. them. So it's fluctuating a bit. And obviously the values, the current value might be different yeah, than what yeah. it was. Yeah, but it's in the region of that. Um, nice. Yeah. And during your property career, obviously something like when you go for education stuff, people talk about bringing in external investment. So working with private investors, things like that. Is that something you've done or is that something you consider for certain parts of your business? Or Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um don't know how many angels I work with, but I mean, I would probably say 60 to 70% of my portfolio was my own money. Yeah. And the rest of it is, is angel finance on a fixed rate of return of like 8% yeah. per annum or JV partners have put the money in. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's kind of how it's split. I, I do, you know, a bit of a lesson on that is, it's just be careful who you're working with. Um, certainly yeah. in the GVs because I've had a couple that haven't went to plan. Right. Um, I think people have this habit, certainly earlier on in your career, of getting into business with anybody just because they're so keen to buy properties. Yeah. They are so keen to progress and grow and acquire and acquire and acquire. You know, they sit beside somebody at a networking event and the next week they've got a business together. I think you need to be really careful. Make sure you're tight yeah. on your shareholders' agreements. Make sure that you know you do your research on who you're getting into to business with. Because I was just coaching somebody yesterday on this actually, and I said to them, like, are you aware that because you didn't even have a shareholders' agreement, right? Wow. Yeah, I know. And I said, right, well, what happens if this person dies, and then you have now have his wife as your business partner? Oh, well, I don't want that. What happens if he gets really ill, he gets cancer or something horrible, and he he has to sell his assets. What happens if he misses a mortgage payment on his residential mortgage? Are you aware that you then can't get a mortgage in your business yeah. through a financial association? Well, he, he was like, he, he was shitting himself. And I was like, well, yeah. this is the reality of getting into business with people. Yeah. First of all, you've got to choose the, don't be doing it willy-nilly just because this person's got money or this person's got an angel or they've got a deal. You need to be really careful. And I've made this mistake um, for sure. So um, I've got JVs that work really well, by the way. And I've got yeah. some that, that haven't. So, um, yeah, that, that's just a bit of advice on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. I always say to people exactly the same advice. I've got a couple and they're, they're working. Um, but I always say it's like getting married. Apart from it's a lot more complicated and a lot more costly to get out of it than a divorce would ever be <laughs> like the nicest possible way it is like if you build up property like you say if something happens to one of you if the business relationship goes sour how would you get out of this like in the nicest cleanest easiest possible way that isn't going to cost you a fortune and it can be really expensive but yeah, yeah. i hope people are listening and do take into account that yeah they've got to do things properly 100 percent, 100 percent. you do make sure you're tight legal agreements and one one good point on this as well actually is have have an end goal so don't just yeah. set up a jv with someone and say like, right let's buy as many properties as we can because then what you end up do i've done this and what you end up doing is all the profits get reinvested and you buy the next one the next one the next one and then what you do is you end up just never taking any money from this business and then there will come a point where he will he or she wants some money or he or she wants to sell you don't clash so then you just wasted all your time for years and you're probably going to have to sell off and not make that much anyway. Yeah. So whereas a better way, in my opinion, would be, right, well, when we get the five HMOs or 10 HMOs, we stop and we'll start paying ourselves X amount. Yeah. Start with the end in mind. That's a far better way to enter a JV. And you've checked each other out. You're happy. You know each other. 
tight legal agreements, clear strategy, clear rules. Who's going to be yeah. doing what? You wouldn't be doing a business with someone who's exactly the same as you. It's pointless. Yeah. Rules that complement each other. And, then, and that's a much better foundation to build the JV on than you've had a you've you've you had a wee beside someone in the in the men's toilets and you're chatting <laughs> and then you yeah. have a coffee together and you set up a business like uh, yeah yeah no that's awesome that's really good advice actually um i'm conscious we're kind of coming up on time and i don't want to take up too much of your time because i know you're busy as well so to finish off if you could give one piece of advice that we haven't already mentioned all the way through the last 55 minutes to somebody that's either starting out or somebody that's out there in business, what, what would your advice be? Mm. Business is a better ROI than property, in my opinion and in my experience. But don't, like, don't think property is the way. I think it's it's very... It, it's I think it's wrongly spoke about a lot of the same property like and I love property and I will always do property but I do believe property is sold to be some sort of magical dream that you're going to retire when you get to 10 properties and all of this it's not that right it's not because if you even if you're on three grand net right passive even though it's not passive but even if if it's if you want to call it three grand net passive one boiler breaks that month and you make zero right and that is quite possible if you're on a three grand that a boiler will break or there'll be some damp or something will happen. Like it is it is not the, the magical way to retire that people make it sound. It's just not. So I've always thought that I'll do business and property. And I've yeah. never once thought to myself, right, I'm just going to do property or I'm just going to do business. Like I don't think that's the right advice either. My advice would be, you need to diversify. You need to spread your risk. Yeah. Property is just one way to retire, right? Yeah. It is, well, it's, not, it's one of the ways and one of the elements. If if it was a pie chart yeah, and all the different ways to retire, there's different elements to that pie chart. There's different slices. Property is just one slice. It is not all of it. And people think it is. People think, yeah. buy some bite lets and I'm going to quit my job. Like, I just think, what oh, are no. you doing? What yeah. are you doing? If anybody like, goes, like, like you say, I'm going to buy five properties and stop working, it's like, no, don't give up your day job. It's, it's crazy. Not at all. And it's absolutely fine, by the way, to be in a high-paid employee job and buy properties on the site. Yeah. That is also fine. You don't have to set up a business. But if you want to make it big time, I do believe that you need to be self, like a self-employed consultant of some sort or running a business and then investing your money in different asset classes yeah. So part of that is you need a big chunk in the bank. Yeah. People don't talk about that, do they? They're like, oh, well, money, save, save as a loser, as in, you know, having money in the bank's rubbish and, and inflation and all of that. Yeah, it's that's true to a degree, but you don't want to have nothing in the bank. You need a war chest. Like, yeah. I, I try and keep six month bills in each business bank account, whatever yeah. those bills and overheads are, and my personal account, because then. I'm not running it too tight. I can still, I still got a surplus of cash to invest. Like, yeah. like a lot of the stuff online is just wrong. And, and, and I'm not saying that I'm thinking and I'm, you know, right. But just based on my experiences and the people that I know who are actually doing loads and loads of business and making a lot of money, often aren't even on social media, right? The, yeah. The, the, yeah. Not, not, the big players aren't even on social media. Or yeah. A lot of the big players aren't. Why, they why say would they, they be? In the nicest regards, why would they be? They don't need to be. They don't need to be for their strategy, and they've already made the money. And yeah, I just think property isn't the magical answer that people make it sound. But it's definitely something I will do forever, and I will always do it because it's proven over many years to be a great place to invest your money. And I would just say that don't believe the hype. Um, get a high earned income as yeah. well as a high passive income. And then you're in a good place with options, freedom, choices, and in a good quality of life. As long as you keep them fit as well. Yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> we've talked about that. That's why I didn't want to mention that one again. <laughs> no, it, it is number one. It should be everybody's number one. But, um, <laughs> excuse me. Thanks again for all your time. If people are listening to this and they want to come find you on social media, where can they find you? 
Uh, Instagram is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. The one with yep. the blue tick because there's loads of dodgy ones trying to sell crypto. I will never sell you crypto or try and sell you shit on, on your inbox. Um, or Facebook or LinkedIn is just Terry Blackburn property. My website that's just launched is terryblackburnproperty.com. Um, there's Be Lion over there on Amazon. Yeah. If you want to get it, that's on Audible as well. But yeah, I'm on nearly every channel, so you'll find us somewhere, I'm sure. We'll find you somewhere. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, it's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really good. I've learned a lot as well anyway, which is what I do this for, is more for my own learning and everybody else that listens get to learn something as well. Yeah, so. No, thank you for having me, man. It's been a good conversation. I've enjoyed it, and thank you. I appreciate your time as well. Brilliant. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, mate.